Welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Andy, Todd, and Tude. What's new, pussycats? Whoa, 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 whoa. It's Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude. I got Andy and Don with me. How you guys doing? You ready to talk about some new releases? What up, brother? Yeah. I got my quarterly report here. My uh, spreadsheet's ready to go. A big bar graph is colorized and labeled. Let's do it. Did you include the TPS report? Because otherwise we'll have to resubmit that. Oh, no. That's a uh, beer so, over the weekend, I think. Yeah. You could just <laughs> go ahead and... Just going to need you to... <laughs> add that TPS report. That would be great. <laughs> Don, what's up, bro? Oh, I've got uh, Tom Jones in my head now. Thanks to you. <laughs> it's not unusual. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> to have Don's voice blast in your ear. Sorry. It's not unusual. Hot mic. Yeah. If you're still here, <laughs> we're going to be talking about three albums today, and we each pick a song from each of those albums to help spice up the conversation. I don't know if you guys knew that. We're going to answer a question, and then, of course, we'll be spinning that wheel of musical destiny to help us decide what we'll be talking about on the next episode. But today, as you know, it's new releases from Q1 2023. That's what I'm talking about! Okay, yeah. So we each uh, chose an album that was released uh, so far this year. How'd you guys do? It's a struggle, man. I mean, every week in my in my music app, it has new releases, but I listen to a couple, you know, I'll start it, 15 seconds plays, I skip to the next track, and I just, nothing was really catching my fancy, mostly just looking forward to things like the Metallica record that is a, just a couple weeks away, so not talking about that here today. So yeah, it's 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 rough. Maybe I need a better system for recommendations because I'm just not satisfied with what's being fed to me. La- last year I had better results because at the beginning of the year I was I was using Title for a while, right? On a free trial, and they were they were nailing it. You listen to Title still, right, Tom? Yes. Do you that find yourself my... finding new stuff there? Uh, I do, although I don't. You know, I haven't really been seeking it out much much this year. You know, just with all the the homework we have for this show, and then there was a big release this year that I've been pretty focused on. Oh, talk more about that soon. Yes, Andy. Now I know you're you're the master of the of new releases. You keep your fingers and toes on the pulse. Yeah, I love the new release. I don't know if you call it a genre, but just that flow of albums I find very interesting. I really don't use a music app for discovery that much anymore. I really just use publications online just to kind of get a, a good swath of things across genres and interests. But yeah, there was a bunch of stuff this year. I actually started my list early. So usually I do a year-end list, like a count, you know, order of the list. Yes. I'm already ahead of the game this year, boys. I got freaking right. 30 records in order. 30? I don't oh, know. It's not 30. Maybe it's a dozen or two. I listened to one for this week, and we'll get to the reasons, but I saw it, and I'm like, yep, I like that guy, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw out a few records that I, I've been loving that I didn't make the cut for the show. Little Sims, a rapper that we talked about before, put on a new record called yep. No Thank You. It's really quite good. The Men, kind of like a rock group from New York City, put out an album simply entitled New York City that I think is maybe one of their better albums to date. I thought maybe Boys to Men like split up into two separate groups. <laughs> Separating <laughs> the boys from the men. <laughs> Literally. Uh, and the other one I mentioned is kind of like an experimental metal group called Zulu. 
They have a record called A New Tomorrow, which is actually one of the more intriguing records. It's probably my number one record so far this year, but maybe we'll talk about that on a future show. And I had a, I mean, I had a couple, but I, I was looking to the to the past. But uh, so there were, uh, there was a, a a new record that that came out at the very beginning of the year uh, from John Cale called Mercy, uh, which is uh, an interesting uh, listen. Uh, and also the the band Mud Honey, who I remember from the the '90s on like 120 Minutes. You know, they have a record. Uh, out that's uh, that's pretty interesting. Plastic Eternity. Oh, I haven't heard that one. Check that one out. Sounds sweet. All right, let's get to it. You choo choo choose me. And his tumor ended up playing noise and feedback into a speaker covered in blood and bandages for about an hour. Sounds great, Andy. All right. Yeah, let's start things off. Blood and bandages. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for my new release selection here, talking about Eve's tumor. It's not a tumor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he has a very interesting name. Okay. The name of the record is even more interesting. It's one of those paragraph names. Praise a Lord who choose, but which does not consume, or simply hot between worlds, in parentheses. How do you guys feel about those titles that are like descriptions? <laughs> the album better deliver that. You know, yeah. if there's a title like that, it, it tells me that this is going to be something deep, right? That there's going to be, if there's as much attention to the title, then there's going to be some real teeth to this thing. That's so it's pretty much setting itself up for failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might not have a clear idea of when to edit concern when I see a title like that. So, I mean, if you do it, you better you better back it up. Yeah, better bring it. Okay, well, let's find out. So, we're going to play track three from the record. This is Meteora Blues. Uh, so this is the fifth studio album for Eve's Tumor, a.k.a. Sean Bowie from Miami, Florida. Been around for a minute or two now. It's kind of a, I guess I would say, electronic, experimental R&B artist. He does play with a band, so they have a, a four-person group that backs him up there with drums and bass and guitars. Uh, my three words to describe this record are balloon static hair... Eves wears some some pretty interesting wigs. The album cover and also on his videos, and some of them look kind of like you know that thing when you like touch a balloon and you got the your hair kind of just goes crazy. It's kind of what I feel like this record sounds like. I I remember that from decades ago. I remember that feeling. Yeah. Thanks for rubbing it in, man. It doesn't work when you're bald. <laughs> it just it just makes the balloon kind of greasy. <laughs> Yeah, so I I really have come to appreciate his music over the years. He's developed a lot as an artist, I would say, from his earlier work, which is much more raw sounding, and this is a little bit more more polished to it. Why don't we play one more cut? This is a bit of Ebony Eye. Yeah, that was one of my uh, favorite cuts from the record. Probably because some of it it reminds me of a, a certain artist we'll be we'll be talking about next. But yeah, you know that was the the closing cut of the album. Kind of has like a sort of like a '70s string sound. I, I think it's like I, I'm sure there are synths, but it, it kind of has sort of like a, a, a '70s like big string sound in, mm-hmm. in it that I, that I like a lot. 
So this is my my first exposure to uh, Eve Toomer, and yeah, I'm uh, I, I'm excited about it. The three words I, I chose to describe the album I actually stole from an all music review: challenging and inviting. Uh, which you know, when I when I think about it, I mean that's really the the best thing I, I think you can say about a, a pop record is that it's challenging and yet still still inviting. I, I think that's how I would describe some of my favorite albums. I'm not quite ready to to say this is a, a favorite album, but having not really been turned on to to many new artists, you know, I'm I'm definitely uh, you know excited to spend some time with this. Like in that sea of uh, electronic sound, there's also like some some interesting guitar sound, you know, sort of dreamy pop guitar. Kind of reminded me of the Cure a little bit, maybe like shoegazy. Yeah, that, I think Shoegazy is on point. Yeah, there's a lot of fuzz and kind of psychedelic qualities he tosses in here. The guitar, yeah, the, the amount of guitar on this record was surprising to me too. Yeah, is that atypical of... I shouldn't say that, but I, I guess it, the music to me sounds so electronic. There's so much of that beat to it and so much synth going on. But there's like a guitar like underbelly to the whole thing that kind of holds it together and pokes his head up at moments. See, it felt thrown in to me. Like it felt like he was trying to do more uh, crossover. You know, like some of the stuff I read was oh, inspired by Prince and mm-hmm. and things like that. And I feel like it was just kind of tossed into. It's just I would have preferred that it took more of a role and we dial back on the beats that just get really repetitive. You know, there's just no spice. I think the beat is from a, a live drummer. But there is a lot of electronics and stuff that contribute yeah. to the rhythm section. Yeah, and I, um, I mean, I've spent time with um, Tame Impala before, which is probably the thing that that it reminds me of. Um, but I found this this album just kind of more compelling when I would kind of drift off a bit or when it would lose my attention. You know, something would would come on that that would you know bring me back. So you know, I feel like there's enough variety in the album and enough sort of pop hooks or something just to to keep me engaged. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm a uh, I'm a fan. Yeah, I would say some of his his past records are a little bit more instrumental and a little bit less focused on like typical song structures, whereas this record is a little bit more polished and put together, and maybe a little bit more accessible than some of the things he's done before. Let me play another cut. This is. In the middle of the record, it's called Operator. This was the track that caught my attention. That one song is the only one where I feel, maybe the opening track, any emotion in the lyrics or in the singing, like anger, joy, anything. It's so flat throughout and that's what disappointed me about it there's a lot to like but it just kind of there's also moments where it just was droney like the lenny kravitz era with fly away where it's just boring and 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 digital sounding there's nothing natural here for me so i think it was a an attempt and and some success i mean i enjoyed it yeah so uh the three words i used to describe this album were a bit outside. Just kind of missed the mark, you know? That's a baseball reference. Nice. Just a bit outside. <laughs> it just missed, you know? And I feel like it's there, but it just wasn't all brought to the to the surface like I would have liked. So ultimately, 
I probably won't go back. And that's kind of the point of digging into new releases, trying to find those things you'll go back to. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm kind of waffling on it. Maybe I'll warm up to it, but I just didn't feel any connection. And that's something you guys know I really look for is some kind of humanity. And uh, and that song, Operator, is the one where I felt something. So Yeah, I agree with what you're saying about his lyrics kind of being languid is the word I kept coming back to. Like, we almost sound uninterested at times in the delivery, which is really surprising. Cause I was watching a few of his live performances yesterday, and he is, like, thriving around, like screaming into the microphone but it comes out just like this sort of monotone <laughs> voice so he seems very passionate in the delivery but you wouldn't know it by the sound <laughs> at times at times i think he is fairly passionate on this record but yeah I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying there dude i rule <laughs> yeah i think uh the other thing i'll mention to you like lyrically i don't really know what's going on on this record there's it seems to just be kind of vague notions of ideas and concepts and maybe more about just sounds and how do they repeat and how does it sound while mixed together which i i know i like i know you guys maybe don't appreciate that as much um so it's probably isn't for everybody but i do think it's fairly representative of some of the like crossover sounds that we're getting in 2022 and i think he i like him as a as an artist i think he has something to say and maybe this isn't like the truest form of that message but i Keep an eye on him, and I'm willing to say something comes important from his career at, at some point. So once again, the album is from Eve's Tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> it's titled Praise the Lord Who Choose, but which does not consume or simply hop between worlds. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. It is once again time when we ask ourselves a question. So here we are in 2023. The Oscars were back in March. What Best Picture nominees did you love the most? I mean, I know those were from 2022, but uh, these movies were touted just this year. So uh, what you guys got? Well, I, I mentioned the Best Picture winner. The, I don't even It's hard to classify that everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, I think it was probably the most moving movie experience i had last year it's kind of a martial arts film but it's also just like an action movie it's also like a family drama i don't know that was a pretty wild experience i think i like cried a few times i was also laughing out loud a few times and kind of like walked away from it just feeling like exhausted but also very fulfilled it was a pretty awesome experience i would definitely recommend that if everyone hasn't seen that movie yet sold <laughs> Yeah, I um, uh, I saw that film and I, I I definitely appreciated where it was uh, you know what it was uh, uh, attempting to do. It, it's sort of an homage to like kung fu films, I, I think, and that's not something that like appeals to me at all. So I guess like I feel like if you cut out forty minutes of action sequences, I I would have oh, liked the film better. Yeah. <laughs> See, cut out the action. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what that's that's what would get me through something like that. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm more of a drama guy. Um, the my favorite film of the year, it wasn't nominated uh, for best picture, but uh, Brendan F- Fraser won uh, best actor for his performance in The Whale. I just thought it was a just a really well done movie, really uh, emotional. I guess it was a play, um, but it's basically like just set in the guy's house. Um, you know, I. I guess I, I'd like simple, you know, human dramas like that. Um, also, the Banshees of Inishirin. That's 
That's a really good movie, but that's sorry. I, th- I think it's Ed Sheeran. Yeah, that's, thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's one that stayed with me for for a few days afterwards because um, it's got a really. It gets kind of dark. It's pretty dark. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not surprised to like that one. <laughs> Ranchy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I haven't really seen any of these movies. I mean, I'll probably get around to Avatar, The Way of Water, eventually. <laughs> Elvis, I tried, but oh, I saw as, soon, as soon as it started, like, Baz Luhrmann, I can't do yeah. that. I cannot. I can't. Baz Luhrmann? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't so abide by that dude's stuff. Like, I just can't. Like, the color saturation and... The dude does not abide. No, no. Like, I just have flashbacks to Moulin Rouge, which was one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> no, no offense to those who love it. It just doesn't click for me. Um, to, on the list, the easy, the low-hanging fruit for me is Top Gun Maverick. I loved Top Gun when it came out. Had to go to several video stores to try and get it uh, on VHS. You're talking about the old school. Yeah, the old school. We're on waiting lists. Like We'd rent it, and I'd watch it over and over and over and over again. So when finally... Did you have that uh, volleyball scene like slow down and pause everybody? Yeah, I mean, I'd take my shirt off, get oiled up, and play along with them. (laughs) Sorry if that didn't go like you hoped it would, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, you you have nightmare fuel. (laughs) <laughs> Enjoy that scene tonight in your head. 12-year-old me, slathered up, okay. pale as a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> what did you like about the movie? <laughs> Maverick, he's awesome. I mean, the, the the flight scenes, just knowing Tom Cruise was actually like doing some of the flying, his ability to, to bring that character back in a believable way. I mean, uh-huh. as believable as it gets in that world, you know? But the scenes were great. I loved how they had... Uh, played a football game on the beach but it was right. you know now you've got female pilots and stuff too so and and, and it's less erotic looking um <laughs> yeah but yeah it just they captured it hit all the sweet spots captured all those things that i loved about top gun when i was a kid and um was really long but didn't feel like it and i just i i love seeing older actors be able to pull off bringing some of their stuff back and and doing it right so yeah hats off that was that was a really enjoyable movie for me action-packed not a lot of drama yeah yeah i like that a lot too the ending of that was awesome and the last like 45 minutes i thought were two thumbs up way up <laughs> all right how about y'all what best picture nominees or oscar nominees of of any kind were some of your favorites let us know albumnerds.com slash discord sweetie isn't that the guy from depeche mode oh, no wait where i saw a whole thing about him on the vh1 come on he's in depeche mode <laughs> okay yeah so the you know the reason uh, i haven't been paying attention to a lot of other new releases is because depeche mode has a new release. Uh, they're back uh, after several years uh, with uh, with an album called Memento Mori. This was the the lead uh, single from the album. This is Ghosts Again. Yeah, 
so that's uh, that song is actually one of four songs uh, on this album that's co-written with Richard Butler from the Psychedelic Furs. Yeah, yeah and actually a few of the songs on the album you can kind of actually picture him singing uh, some of some of these songs. So yeah, so Memento Mori is the fifteenth studio album by uh, Depeche Mode, formed in Basildon, Essex, in 1980. They're just a two-piece now. Martin Gore, who's the uh, you know always been the the main songwriter, and David Gone, who's the vocalist and who also uh, contributes some songwriting these days. Um, founding member Andrew Fletcher uh, passed before they actually began uh, recording this uh, this album. Interestingly, uh, all these songs had actually been written already, um, so all the mentions of of death and mortality and stuff like that it's kind of coincidental, um, but it does almost seem somewhat prophetic. Wrong. Yes. <laughs> well played, sir. Anyway, so the the three words I, I chose to describe the album are uh, back to melody. You know, I know you guys probably aren't as uh, into the history of Depeche Mode as, as I am, but oh, I'm uh, I'm sure we'll learn it all right <laughs> yeah. now. All right, um, people, pull pull over in your cars, <laughs> get out your travel pillow. Professor's on his soapbox. <laughs> yeah. So they're basically that the last several um, albums have been less melodic. Um, you know, they've been more into kind of interesting rhythms and sort of fusing like blues and electronic sounds. You know, if there was a criticism of recent records, it was that, you know, maybe there just weren't the, the catchy melodies that, you know, made them so appealing, uh, you know, back in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, and I feel like this album, and maybe it's partially due to the influence of Richard Butler from the Psychedelic Furs, but there is a lot more um, melody here, and it feels very much like a, a, a classic Depeche Mode record. Okay, well let's uh, let's hear another one. This is another one that's co-written by uh, Richard Butler. Uh, this is Caroline's Monkey. Caroline's Monkey is hungry again, running with scissors on needles and. I prefer the songs that lean more toward a rock side and and for me this was the one that did that the best and i assume i couldn't find much about this i assume the lyrics are you know referring to addiction perhaps any kind of traumas in your life things you just can't get off your back that continue to haunt you or ride you or or um, dictate your life's trajectory perhaps a response to george michael's monkey if you yes that. <laughs> yes Got to set that monkey free. Yo, monkey. Yo, monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the three words I'd use to describe this are Depeche Mode music. I mean, because this just... I wouldn't be able to distinguish this from from one of the albums from, let's say, the late 80s. And I would never really listen to them except for the occasions Don for the show checking out some of their records. So I don't know them, but I wouldn't I would recognize them from listening from hearing a song from this. With these legacy artists, I think that's important to uh, not only embrace the new sounds, which I think they have. It sounds new. It sounds like new, fresh electronic pop music, but it also uh, has the spirit of what they were doing before, which for me is comforting. I, I enjoyed this record. Uh, of the three we're talking about today, I'd say it's the most full. It's the most kind of complete and uh it's it's really good. I mean, it, it runs a little long, but it, but it's good. Okay, well let's uh, let's hear a little more. Here's uh, a song called "Never Let Me Go." Still sound pretty uh, 
pretty lively there for some old yeah. dudes, I thought. My three words to this record are, then I listened loud. I was kind of on the fence on whether or not I was really into this the first uh, first few times through. Then I listened to it on some good speakers, and I was kind of sold. The first handful of songs are quite a bit different than the second half of the record. Now they're much more kind of poppy and a little bit more slowed down. Um, but I really kind of gravitated towards some of the darker, twisted sort of club tracks, I guess, that, that populate the second half of the record. I really, I really enjoyed that quite a bit. Kind of made me want to go out dancing, which has not happened in quite a while. <laughs> but I think, I think, at least that portion of the record is really made to be listened to on like a loud sound system with some good bass that can properly rattle your teeth. So yeah, I, w- I guess overall I was, I was pretty positive on this. They still got some good songwriting skills as, as are, you can hear in the beginning of the record, but they still, still bring in that, uh, that dark club energy that I, I like about Depeche Mode as well. So yeah. Maybe this album, listening to this in conjunction with, uh, Eve's Tumor, maybe this ruined Eve's Tumor. For, to some degree for me because like another three words I could use attention to detail and they nail all the details in this you know if, if you're yeah. going to listen to electronic music it's gotta the soul of it comes from the details you yeah, know it's a lot, a lot of texture yeah it doesn't come from your hands playing guitars and stuff like rock or or blues or whatever those details are important and they really nail it um so the the phrase memento mori, it's a Latin term, uh, actually translates to uh, remember you must die. So basically uh, the idea, you know, that we're all going to die. Remember that in case you <laughs> in case you, you forget. And so, yeah, the, the theme of, of death permeates almost the, the entire album. You know, it was apparently written basically during the, the pandemic. Uh, so it, so it kind of makes sense. I mean, it's not a groundbreaking album for uh, for Depeche Mode. Um, we did Violator, you know, last year and the two records aren't that different. You know, I mean, there's how many years in between them, you know, 30 years in, in between them. And, it, you know, if you just, you know, listen to both records, you know, you might say, oh, you know, this band hasn't evolved much in, in 30 years. And I, I think it's more just because it is kind of like a return to, to form. But they do sound, uh, you know, I think they sound fresh and, and inspired. And it has like the things that Depeche Mode fans love, you know, it's minor chords and, and melodies, dark, cynical lyrics. Uh, and then like the, the harmonies, you know, I, I think both voices sound really good on this album. Dave Gahn's voice has really improved over the years. You know, he started out just singing kind of like a mon- in a monotone all the time. And he's really spent a lot of time on, on his craft. Did he do all the vocals? Uh, the one song, uh, Soul With Me, is, is sung by Martin Gore. That's yeah. right. I thought yeah, I it, I liked that voice, and I was like, "That's not him." I don't think. Yeah, Martin Gore usually gets one or two cuts um, on the yeah. on the album. Okay, so uh, again, uh, a return to form that was "Memento Mori" by Depeche Mode. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. All right, so if you're enjoying the show, and of course you are, do us a solid and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Maybe we made you laugh or you discovered an album you enjoy. Leaving a review keeps the show going and helps other music fans find us. The following is intended only for mature audiences. Viewer discretion advised. Is the fucking techno before and after. I fucking hate that fucking techno shit. I will... I'll fight you to So I thought that was appropriate given how much electronic music we talked about today. Uh, Iggy Pop, apparently at some point in his life, 
had an opinion on what was then called techno. No kidding. If you talk about an opinion, I'm shocked. Yeah, I know. I zeroed in on Iggy Pop's new album, Every Loser, released in January of this year. It's his 19th studio album. And uh, why don't we jump in and listen to a little bit of the opening track, Frenzy. Iggy kicks things off a little angry with Frenzy. I mean, it, the first words of the song are, I've got <laughs> I've got a dick and two balls. He could have said, I'm a man, and give me respect. Uh, he finishes the song with that line as well. Straightforward punk attitude with a garage rock vibe on that one. Evidently, he had a run-in with somebody. And my guess, based on the lyrics is that maybe someone in the industry told him it's time to retire, to give up. Um, I think he did retire, didn't he? I feel like he put out his final record like... Well, yeah, but I, I maybe someone was discouraging him from maybe a record label guy, maybe the old label he was on because he signed with a new label for this album. So I'm wondering if it's anger at someone saying, you can't, you know, you're not able to do this anymore at 75 years old. Uh-huh. Well, first of all, Iggy Pop, James Newell Osterberg Jr., born <laughs> April 1947, called the godfather of punk by some vocalists and lyricists of proto-punk band The Stooges, which were formed in 1967. They were from the Detroit area. They opened for the MC5, so they were kind of part of that movement, I guess. Um so he's well known. He's been around forever, done some acting. He's been in movies, etc. He's just got such a personality. Uh, uh, three words I used to describe the album. I thought about get off my lawn. Um, I thought about a whole bunch of stuff. So the, the right. words I ended up choosing were make my day because this did. Like it really came out of nowhere and surprised me. Does have kind of a Clint Eastwood vibe to him? Yeah, he's a tough old man. You know, go ahead, make my day. He's got that. Like, if I saw Clint Eastwood on the street at whatever he is, 90, yeah. I'd be afraid he's going to kick my ass in the same with Iggy Pop. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's almost like the uh, the El Camino. Of, uh, yeah, you don't, tr- you don't trifle with these dudes, man. And I, I like that about it. Uh, I, I honestly was, I looked through new releases for the year and I saw his name. I've just been listening to... Uh, Dave Grohl's book about story, you know, stories that he's telling about his life. And uh, he tells a story about Iggy Pop that got me really wanting to dig into the discography. So I was planning to do that anyway. And I saw Iggy Pop's name on the new release list. I'm like, yeah, sure. Without even listening to it, I put it, <laughs> I chose it for the show. <laughs> but I've been pleasantly surprised. I mean, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, we'll get into more of the songs here, but I could have picked any song from this record to play. Like, I, I like them all. And uh, Andrew Watts' production is spot on, and the people that he's got involved, we'll talk about it a little later. Um, but why don't we uh, play the next track? Comments. Yeah, I think I, I was most impressed. I, overall, this, this album did impress me, just how much energy he brings. But that song in particular there, I never thought I would hear Icky Pop singing against like a synth backdrop there. 
right i didn't really it worked well i thought he i thought he sounded pretty natural in that song and i kind of liked the message this record seems to deal a lot with like his celebrity i mean he's very he's very just open guy it seems like he just writes stream of consciousness and like lays it all out there kind of guy Direct respect about him. Yeah, but this album seems to deal a lot with celebrity and just like how our society treats celebrities and some of the downsides of celebrity. And some of how people treat older people. Yes. You know, I was picking yes. up on a lot of that the Ageism, too. definitely. Definitely. Uh, my three words are pulled one out of the wrinkles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> considering the first words of this album, I'm afraid what wrinkles we're talking about. <laughs> I was assuming he had a wrinkle around his heart. Okay. I, <laughs> I think uh, I guess it's pretty impressive return to form here. Like I've listened to a lot of his stuff in the 2000s, which has been okay, but it's more like lounge singer sort of crooner vibe he's been going for. Yeah, he wanted to play with his baritone. Yeah. He has a very interesting voice, much in the way like Lou Reed has an interesting voice. But he really brings the energy here. He has that, that punk ethos is like alive in him again, which I hadn't heard in a long time, which I, it's great. It's really great because he's awesome at that. Um, and there's a lot of really good songs on here, surprisingly. Usually with his records, I expect there to be like a couple bangers and a whole bunch of like throwaway material, but. I think this is a pretty solid record start to finish, as the as the dude said. There's not a lot of throwaway stuff on here. I like the production by Andrew Watt quite a bit. I'm uh, a fan of his. I mean, he's born in 1990, so he's a very young dude, and he's been involved in all sorts of huge projects, uh, including things like Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber, as well as Ozzy Osbourne and... Pearl Jam, he's producing their new album. He was in a band called California Breed uh, back in the earlier 2000s, like 2006 or so. I, I really liked the album. It had Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple was on vocals, and uh, Jason Bonham was on drums. And this kid was playing guitar. He wasn't doing the singing, but I was really impressed with the guitar work, and he, uh, he shows that on here. I, I love how he gets involved as a musician on the records that he uh, produces. But yeah, we've got Dave Navarro on here, Eric Avery, uh, Duff McKagan, Stone Gossard, Taylor Hawkins, Travis Barker, co-writing some of the songs and involved in the process. And the band sounds great uh, and tight for a, a bunch of, I guess he found every loser he could from the, uh, <laughs> from the scene. So why don't we uh, jump into another track, The Regency. He's not afraid of the F word. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so Pop says that he was inspired by uh, an open letter from Bono to, to him um, in which uh, Bono had said something like, I think this is the direct quote, in rock and roll, there's a sort of regency in which certain people occupy the castle and pull up the drawbridge. And it seems to me that when you hurdle yourself headfirst into the crowd, you are throwing away your crown. Yeah. And, uh, Interesting. Well, Iggy is also touted as maybe the guy that really popularized the stage dive. So mm, I, yes. I can, that imagery really <laughs> comes to life when I think about Iggy Pop. Yeah. Another thing, I read said that he was sort of angry about like the parking industry. <laughs> 
you know, like when you right, have to, anywhere yeah. you go, like all the money people make off of just parking for events and stuff. Yeah, I think tied tied to the ticket master type stuff mm-hmm. too. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you're paying through the nose for your tickets to see somebody, and then you've got to pay thirty bucks to park. And so, uh, live performances has, has become. So so commercialized not even commercialized like just you're held hostage mm-hmm. by it if you want to go see something uh, you just yeah. got a pony yeah, up you know yeah. um so the three words uh, i chose uh, to describe the album are never the idiot so the <laughs> the idiot is the title of one of his uh, famous albums the the reason i say that i i guess is just because like iggy pops away like the, the way he talks and stuff is sort of like kind of aw shucksy or something or you know, and so i mean he can kind of sound sort of dumb but this is not a dumb you know this is a i, I believe a, a highly intelligent man and he's more than just the guy with his shirt off that's that's stage diving he's more than just like a a, a punk rocker if you go through his whole career there's a there's a lot going on you know he's also you know kind of a champion of of melody and 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 drama yeah there's just more to him than than you know perhaps what what people think plus written off some as a drug addict and Mm -hmm. psycho and and he's overcome all the addiction stuff and and uh what you guys think of new atlantis that track it's it's about miami where he's settled and he he loves it but feels like it's sinking into the sea like Atlantis. He calls yeah. it a, a, a whore or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. A whore of the city. <laughs> yeah, I just like the, the way that he, he really describes parts of his life here. I mean, like Strung Out Johnny, I think you know, obviously harkens back to some of his struggles as an uh, addict. Modern day ripoff, I think there's some elements there too right. where he brings brings that in. Morning show, just like about <laughs> struggles of just getting up you know, every day. Yeah. I really like that. So like, I can relate to that one the most where he's just like, I got to do this thing. I'll just be professional and get up and do it. I don't really want to. <laughs> it's like, yeah, man. There's a you know, there's a few songs uh, on the album that really have more like a almost like a new wavy or or post punk sound, which I thought w- was interesting. But also, you know, not something that he's avoided in the past. In fact, you know, I think like my first exposure to Iggy Pop as somebody young was um, to remember the duet he did with Kate Pearson from the B-52s called Candy. I think it was released in like 1990, and so that's just sort of like a traditional pop duet. So you know, I I had no idea about the you know the lust for life guy or, or whatever. I, I think, you know, if we ever do that category again, the the theme late career triumphs, I think this mm. is, a, is a good one. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think it's great because it kind of, it has, um, you know, everything we know him for. It's it's all here on this. But yeah, but it also feels fresh somehow, yeah. which may, maybe because of his break from this kind of music, maybe that's right. why it, yeah. you know, it sounds so fresh, but he sounds totally filled with energy. Like he's committed and it's, it's pretty awesome. Go check out Iggy Pop's Every Loser. And that's the end of the story. Okay. New releases. Seems like a pretty simple subject. Did we learn anything new today, fellas? Or is it just what <laughs> it is? I don't know. This could just be me, but I feel like every time we do a new release show, I'm having to convince you guys of the value of new releases. I see value. It's just everything I listen to, I'm not finding things that I like. So I try every week. I, I've not found much this year that has excited me at all. 
Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I want to find something new. You know, I I really want to get excited uh, about new stuff. But yeah, but, you know, it does seem to be the the case that, you know, every time we do like a new release show, I end up picking something from somebody old. But I think like in some ways, like I'd rather just do the new Depeche Mode record rather than do an album by somebody that's that's trying to sound like Depeche Mode. (laughs) You like what you like. And they're the yeah. best version of that, so... Maybe. <laughs> I guess still my problem with, with most new releases is that we're still just sort of reorganizing the past. I, I guess I want something, like, truly new to, to come out, but, I, you know, maybe that's never really going to happen. I think we've said before, it'll be in frequencies that old people can't hear, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, either metaphorically or literally yeah Yeah. i don't know it's so hard to tell when things are truly new or or great i guess as they're as they're happening and that perspective i think adds adds that focus to things i i find it endlessly interesting to see just kind of like what's happening what's coming out and and what these new sounds are and like what the i mean no music is is just always going to be a reaction of things that have happened already i think any type of art is always going to be tied to the past i think a lot of it is andy your taste is broader and includes electronic sounds and stuff while i I'm looking for natural sounding instrumentation, clean singing. You know, I'm looking for there's a certain sound and there just are not as many of those releases that are quality as there are things that have electronica in them or dance beats and that kind of stuff just doesn't typically appeal to me. So when I hear it, I'm like, no, no, no. Or a metal album that's nothing but screaming. I'm like, I need to hear your voice, dude. So I think that's kind of the struggle for me. And so I essentially learned nothing. (laughs) Wow. But it's important to go look, keep digging Keep trying to find new things to listen to because I think it's important for music fans to never stop, never stop exploring. Yes. And that's one to grow on. I'm your density. I mean, your destiny. All right, boys and girls. Getting the wheel back on track here this week. Everybody gather around and we'll find out what our destiny has in store for next week. You know, sometimes relationships deteriorate over time. And others, it is just time to move on to the next phase. That happens in bands too. Your musical destiny is to explore albums from bands who needed to replace their lead singer. Best of luck. Oh, okay. So these are bands that change things up in the front. It should be fun digging around and trying to find something quality with a new singer. All right. And uh, I am proud to announce we have a new inductee to the Albemarle's Hall of Fame. Philly C. Philly C is now officially an AIM Hall member. His album face value, Phil Collins, by the way, has been voted in by the listening audience. So congratulations. Mr. Collins. Well deserved. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Hey, you voted it down, bro. Eh, well, I'm glad I got in there. It's a good record. <laughs> oh, now <laughs> it's a good record. <laughs> <laughs> the people have spoken. Okay, what's your favorite release uh, from 2023 so far? What else are you listening to? Let us know. Join fellow album nerds on Discord at albumnerds.com slash Discord. You can email us at podcast at albumnerds.com. 
follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Album Nerds. Also, please subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to support the show, you can do so via PayPal at albumnerds.com slash support. Thank you once again for joining us on the Album Nerds podcast. We'll catch you next time with some fresh voices and new lead singers. Thanks for listening. It's not unusual. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded like Rick Astley. I'm not sure what you're doing there. (laughs) We've known each other for so long. It kind of sounds like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>